Hello, Twitter. Welcome to the Sped Up Chat. I am your host, Mark Ryan, live from the UAE in Abu Dhabi, a proud member of at Talim family and a teacher and educator and in the media department for Raha International School. And I am super excited today because I have a guest on um, working with head of school improvement with at Talim, but I don't even really know any of the answers to these questions. A lot of the times, in the podcast, I will know some of the answers to the questions that I'll be giving. But tonight I can tell you I know very little except for Year of the Rat, and I'll get into that later. But today, tonight we have on uh, Head of School Improvement for Talim. Glenn, Glenn, please introduce yourself and uh, let everyone know, um, you know, if you walked up to someone with a personal CV, what would you say? Hey, look, a real pleasure to be with you, Mark. I'm excited to have the opportunity to chat and excited to be part of the Talim family. Um, I've been here in the UAE for four years. Um, prior to that, I was in Singapore for four years, Korea, South Korea for four years, um, and then 11 years in New Zealand as a, as a headmaster there. So I've been in the senior leadership positions for a long time. Um, you can do the math. And, uh, and, it's, and it's really nice to be engaged in a company that's, that's super focused on, um, on people and on making a difference in people's lives. You know, if we, if we look at the values uh, of caring that come through, um, and respect the, the way that, that Talim sort of holds itself and the way that the schools position themselves with their cultures. It's really nice to have walked into a community um, and to be welcomed into a community that is, uh, that is so caring. Well, I think you touched on a lot of things that probably will come up a few times over this chat with community, caring. Um, and, you know, I tried to do the math there when you're given all those years of all your experience, but I did it before and I gave you 1986 as your possible birth date. So maybe I was being too generous there. So we'll, we'll just go into right away, work life balanced. It's really important, especially 2021, people have seen how they've had to reconnect with the people around them, you know, changing how they can kind of get out, get energetic, fill those voids that maybe uh, they were doing differently before. And I'd like to know just what do you do? besides the uh, big position at Talim? Um, well, I've always been involved in a, in a range of different sports and try to keep active, um, be it surfing or rugby, coming from New Zealand. Um, there's, there's always a bit of rugby going on somewhere in my past. Um, I paint, I read, I'm pretty actively in, involved with, with music. I enjoy playing guitar. Um, and then just connecting with friends and being social. Um, I like to digest um, books when I can much as possible, trying to, trying to grow and learn. Um, and, and I think I'm a social person, so I enjoy connecting with, um, with family and friends whenever I can. I think in this age, that's been tricky. You know, it's been a long time for a lot of us since we've been home, and, and that poses challenges for, for all of us. We feel disconnected in our countries, whether we're locked down um, or whether we have border issues, as New Zealand does, it's, it's hard to get back. Um, so, you know, technology's been fantastic in allowing us to connect with friends and family around the world. And that's something I, I try and do um, as much as possible. Stay active on social media um, and see what's happening there. Um, and uh, enjoy a bit of golf when I get the opportunity as well. Well, I have to say a huge shout out to everybody listening on the Anchor platform with Sped Up Chat. Uh, I appreciate you. Thanks for being here with Glenn and I. And there's a lot of variety there. When you talk about work-life balance, you went from painting, from surfing, um, from the rugby pitch to the calm golf course, I guess if you're doing well. If not, it might be as dangerous as a rugby pitch. I'm not sure. I stay away from those uh, from golf as as much as I can because I know I'll never uh, I'll never stop. Does school improvement to you 
look the same way? Does a school have the so many facets that you're that we need to improve, or what is that position? I know um, my main question kind of was, what is school improvement to you, and what was school improvement to Talim when you came aboard, and has everything changed, or did you guys kind of see eye to eye on what that was, and what is it? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think it's different depending on the school, and the same way it's different depending on the person. You know, one of the if I was to sum it up in a word, it's probably change. And, you know, and, and that just comes from the fact that if we, if we stagnate, if we sit and stay the same and that we're not progressing and growing, um, then we're not going to improve. And so whether it's the individual or the organization, a team, a layer within the team, a faculty, a group, um, the way we're approaching things across the wider organization, all of that centers around this, this focus on ensuring that we can adapt, we can be flexible, um, we can look at ways of changing and we can accept the, the ideas of others. Um, so I think when we, when we talk about it in Talim, it's about connecting what we have in terms of this math, you know, wealth of, of educators and knowledge. And we're talking about, um, you know, 18 schools, close to 2,000 educators across that group. And if you can harness that collectively, uh, as well as the students, and our students have incredible voices, they're incredibly talented. Um, there's a lot that they can offer the wider organization. We've got eight close to 19,000, 18,900. So if we can harness all of those people, 20, 20 some thousand people, it's incredible to think what we'd be able to achieve and accomplish. Um, as I said, when it comes to improvement, then that's looking at potentially the individual student, potentially groups of students, teachers, et cetera. But it's about trying to find ways of connecting those people and drawing the best out of them and sharing best practice across the group. And as we discussed, I think earlier, um, there's just such a wealth and depth of knowledge within Talent. Uh, the, the educators that I've had the opportunity to dialogue with so far have been nothing but impressive in terms of what they can bring to the table. So I'm really excited to see opportunities for, for them to connect and for us to look for ways in which we can enable the organization to continue to grow and continue to change and with that bring greater success. And, you know, you talk about these layers of, you know, people within the schools or kind of the wider Talim and connecting all those schools, 18 schools, 20,000 students or 2,000 educators, the numbers, you know, are staggering. How do you, how do you find a way so that people can kind of connect with you on a personal basis? And, and I say that because I saw you at the opening day, the orientation day for Raha International School. Alan came to uh, give his amazing speech. Um, however, he was had to stay behind a podium. So it is what it is. Sorry about that, Alan. But, um, is that the first step? Is it about being visible? Is it about people seeing that even, you know, the head of school improvement at Talim out in Dubai is present on campus and making those connections? Yeah, I think that's hugely important. And so it was meaningful for me to get around the schools and be able to, to meet with some of the educators in the same way um, it was for our CEO, Ellen, you know, to, to have Ellen get to every one of the 18 schools to make time to speak to, to every group of, of faculty. Um, is, is inspirational and I, I know the feedback he's got from that has been really positive. For me too, as a, a new member of the Talim family, we're all about people and we're all about understanding the importance of people and um, you know that, that whole development of culture, if, unless you're connecting with people and getting a feel for, for what they're like. You know, we, we don't want to be in an organization that runs purely off statistics and numbers and stays you know, separate from the people we're there to support. And central office, our, our role is to work with and support our educators. You know, they're, they're the people that are the lifeblood of our schools. They're the people that make a real difference. And so 
I prefer to be out of the office more than in the office and spend as much time as I can with um, with our amazing communities. And so that was one of the reasons it was important for me to get down, you know, to Raha and um, and to connect with the teachers there, to just introduce myself and to look for opportunities. And it's been great since doing that that I've had a number of people reach out directly. Um, and you know, some of these are, are people that are in positions of responsibility um, in terms of principals of schools and and um, area divisional heads. And others have been teachers of certain subjects that want to connect and look for ways of doing moderation across the group and, and sharing their ideas and learning from others who are teaching similar curriculum, curriculums in, in other schools. So there's no hierarchy of the, of the need to connect you know, with me and to, to reach out and say, hey, look, I've got this great idea that's going to benefit our, our organization. Just want to share it with you. Um, as we know, it's whether it's our students, our teachers, our leaders, they all bring great thoughts to the table and we want to make sure that we utilize that collective knowledge to, to improve. And if we're only listening to our leaders, we're not going to get as far as we'd be able to if we listen to the collective 20,000, right? Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I have to say I was one of those members in the audience that definitely reached out after your speech and said, um, you know, I think this is an opportunity for for voices to be heard, to get you on the podcast and then share that out with the Raha staff and families even more to let, let people know that there is, um, you know, as you said, a culture of people and connecting that and building the community. And I want to go with that culture of people that you mentioned and going back in time uh, to an old CEO. And I know we mentioned this in the green room before uh, Roz Marshall, I sat down with her a uh, few I love saying a few years ago on the podcast, but that's that is what it is. A few years ago, and um, she mentioned soft power, and I think people had heard this term before, but it was new to me. I had never kind of been in a field where someone was mentioning soft power and talking about that as a collective. And I asked her then, like, well, how can we how can we take that soft power and do something with it? And and she took it more as just. Um, something she enjoyed about Raha International School, that you walked on campus and you felt something you couldn't identify, but you knew something positive was happening. And when Alan took over as CEO, he mentioned a similar thing. He didn't call it soft power, but uh, he might've called it a squeaky gate. I'm not sure, but it meant the same thing about entering Raha and feeling like when you walked around that something really positive and really special was happening. You can see that from Raha Gardens campus now growing into Raha Khalifa campus um, a school that's soon to have 5,000 plus students, I'm assuming. And, you know, just just an amazing example for growth and development in the UAE, especially even during the pandemic. And I think an article was written today about that school and how they persevered through a really difficult time. Soft power, it's hard for me to describe. It's hard for me to try to tell someone how we can capture it and use it and grow within Talim. But we have it. So what do we do with it? It's one of the interesting things, and I think often, you know, within schools, that, that is the challenge we have, is we'll have a wonderful learning institution, organization, um, that has a certain feel to it. And we try and capture that on a website, and we try and put it in a, in a brochure, and you can't quite get the, the essence of exactly um, what it is until you enter the building, until you meet the people and feel what that school is like. And I think Raha certainly has that, as do a number of our other strong um, Talim schools. So it's, it's impressive. I know Ian is, is extremely proud of the team. Um, it's Nicola and Kath and, and the rest of them. Uh, as a strong leadership team, they, they really have worked hard on developing culture. And as you'd know, Mark, you know, whether it's looking at Peter Drucker's work with 
culture eating strategy for breakfast or, or any number of the focuses that, that there are out there that talk about the importance of culture. You know, if, unless we get that right, it's a little bit like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Unless that foundation stone of, of culture is cemented properly within an organization, it's very difficult to get to the next step. And if our steps are heading towards um, excellence or, you know, improvement, um, then we have to ensure that we have those foundations right. And I think examining what we do as learning organizations strategically is incredibly important rather than just assuming culture will develop. You know, it's something that we have to work at to consider what are our strategic pillars, what are the values that make us tick. When we're, when we're hiring, do we align those hires with the people that, uh, that align with those values? Um, if we're specific about well-being, if we're specific about being caring and how we thank people and, and how we utilize and share ideas and, and celebrate, all these things are intentional. And I think, um, you know, at, at Raha, as, as an example of one of our outstanding, you know, Tulane schools, um, that's been done well. And I think it's, it's something that is very strategic in, in its development, but hugely important because unless you get the culture piece right, good luck with the rest of it. Yeah, I think it's, it's really nice that you touched upon intentional, you know, the idea that you're intentionally being caring or thinking about what's going on within your community. And um, that speaks to something that the head of uh, primary, uh, Mr. Matt, was talking about when you're walking uh, through the campus and people are doing something, whether it's from the gardener or it's to the head teacher or to you see the head of school improvement walking through, that everybody is treated the same and that you're intentional in letting them know that you're happy that they're on campus, you know, that you're happy that they're doing what they're doing and that you want to build something um, positive within that school. So I think the intentional uh, thing pops out there and I think it's something nice to jump on. And I'm not sure if that would be the word for 2022, but we're going to end this podcast. Um, it is sped up chat and I appreciate you being on. And I think you and I could chat forever about a bunch of different topics and we haven't even talked about Southeast Asia yet. So um, lucky for the viewers. 2022, if it was the year of something for me, it would be the year of collaboration because as Lise Farquhar knows, um, an art teacher and the DP at Raha International School, I don't really like words of the year. You know, I don't like to pin a word and say, this is what it is. This word is about, this year is about uh, flexibility or independence or whatever. But for my life, it's been about collaboration. And I think that's why it's so nice to, to talk with you tonight and to hear that kind of come through about the layers within Tulane, supporting teachers and putting yourself in a place where other teachers can reach out to you, not just head teachers or Kath or Ian or whoever, just you know, ready to listen to ideas and grow together. I think year 2022 for me is the year of collaboration. It's also, as we mentioned in the green room, the year of the tiger. And I know um, that's not your Chinese zodiac, but it doesn't have to be what would 2022 what would it what is what's the year for you what's the word if you had one yeah it's a, it's a good question um on, on a run with exceptional as well um exceptional slash collaboration you know i think we're all pushing in our skills at the moment um to go beyond outstanding to, to look to be the best that we can potentially be and as i mentioned before when we look at school improvement whether that's the individual whether it's um teams you know, whatever it is, we're chasing being the best we can be. And it's that chase that will allow us to arrive at a point. You know, you're not going to actually achieve perfection ever. But it's the, I think it was Lombardi that said that the chase of perfection leads to exceptional. And I think, you know, that's that's really where we want to be, is, is demonstrating excellence through being the best we can possibly be with our students, with our teachers, with our teams. 
Um, the collaboration is how that's going to happen. And I think um, we've, we've reached out to every school now, uh, school head, uh, all the principals are in the process of, of helping me formulate um, job-alike teams for every curriculum area, uh, for every level of leadership. And we want to connect those people and start to get things moving and, and then do the same with the students. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what comes from that work. Well, you will have to keep me posted on how those things are going and how we can highlight those things on the sped up chat. It's been a pleasure to have you here. I hope you have a great week and a great month of September. Things are flying by already and uh, I don't have anything against that. I'm already looking forward to summer 2022, maybe to finally see my parents, but I know I shouldn't be thinking about summer already, but that is what it is. Glenn, it's been a privilege to have you on. Exceptional journey. Let's keep it going. Um, last word is for you and then uh, I'll roll us out. Well, look, just a, a huge thanks um, to you, Mark, for having me. It's, it's exciting to see the great things that are happening um, in, in our Tulane schools. Um, a huge shout out and thank you to our Tulane teachers, uh, to our Tulane leaders who have been so welcoming, welcoming of me. It's, it's great to be in a community, as I said before, uh, this caring, and I'm excited to work alongside them. And then to welcome other colleagues to the Tulane family in the years to come.